Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Overlay, a poker podcast brought to you by CCG Poker Radio and Paramount Social Club in Houston, Texas. Brandon, how's it going? Brandon's on the line with us again. What's up, guys? I kind of make it seem like each week it's a surprise that you're going to be on the line with right, us. Right, and I'm just always really there. not. You're just the co-host with the most... You know, you usually say beautiful Houston, Texas, but in these days it's I, not so beautiful. Yeah, it's it's obviously this is February of 2021, um, which we thought would be a better year than 2020, but turns out there's like wait, COVID also heavily affects snowfall and the temperature. You know, I'll take snow and zero degrees over COVID though. Yeah, hundred percent. So the weather has been quite shitty lately. It's been cold. And top of that, we've got tons of snow here in uh, the Chicagoland area. I mean, I'm looking outside my window at my office here, and like the snowdrifts in the parking lot, I shit you not, is like a third of the way up the telephone pole. Like, yeah, I'm like looking out the back tall. window. It's above the cars. It's just, it's way terrible. above the cars. So on top How does of it even all, get that high? Yeah, top of all of that, I don't think Paramount has gone six months in a row without some kind of closure. Either the city, the um, COVID or weather has closed down the entire poker industry uh, or all industry in Texas in the la- in the two years that it's been open. We've never gone more than six months because here we right. are again. You're like that, like you're like that NBA player that just like always gets injured at some point. Cannot catch season. a break. It's just constantly, constantly, constantly closed. Um, right now, um, due to the weather, there's like no power in all of Houston. Uh, there's like no running water. Even the water that you're getting, they're now saying is not potable. Brandon, do you know what potable water means? Um, is it water that you can boil and then it makes it safe? No, potable water means that you could actually put it in a pot and use it to cook with or drink with and do whatever you want with. It's fine. It's potable. You could just put it right in there. If it's not potable water, you, I think that's right. I'm going on a huge limb here saying that, and then I really don't know if that's true. Potable water. Yeah. Sometimes I, I think, think my potable, life sucks, and then oh yeah. I just never have to worry about potable water. I am right. Drinking water, also known as potable water, is good water. Uh-huh. Water you can drink okay. straight from the tap. I am a tap okay. water guy. I always drink water from the tap. People always give me this really crazy look, and I'm like, bro, it's water. Like It is what it is. I'm perfectly yeah, fine plus with it's, it. Plus, I know for a fact that in our area, we have some of the best drinking water in we the do. country. Lake Michigan from water Lake Michigan, in Chicago in general. Fire. would be Northwest Indiana water. as well, which is where Brandon lives. Um, yes. Fantastic water. Tastes good. It's great water. Everybody loves it. Um, they should just bottle Lake Michigan water, and then that's it. They probably do. I think, we just, it's called I think they do that at the horseshoe. Right. No, I think the horseshoe is just like bottled. It, it's it's so good. Water. Anyways, back to potable water. Houston has no potable water. The water they're getting now from the tap, if they're getting water from their tap, is no good. Like Mark went to the GM at, at Paramount, told me yesterday, uh, like – the toilets aren't flushing because the water pressure is so down. Um, thank thank goodness we don't have any kind of like water main breakage where there's yeah. like flooding. I've been seeing TikTok where there's just flooding in Dude, people's it's rooms. crazy. Like there's going to be so much damage. And it's like, man, in a year that we just needed to like catch a break, snow breaks. No nope. breaks. So episode 41, starting out in a hell of a good time. Chicago, people are still – it's funny. People in Chicago still text me, and they're like, hey, are the events running this week because of the snow? And I always say, hell yeah. This is Chicago, baby. We we're, never we're cancel. Running. Never. I always – the running joke of the long time was like, I don't care if it's a zombie apocalypse. We're doing an event. Right. 100%. Until we're out of licenses, we go and get them zombies in a sit and go. Let's go. Put a bounty on them with just episode 41. 
the bounty episode. And then earlier, before the pre-recording show, I asked Brandon, Brandon, let's like think of a famous bounty hunter, and then we'll like loop that in. And Brandon, who did you say your most famous bounty hunter was? I just snapped off. I was like, dog. Snap calls dog the bounty hunter. <laughs> I was like, dog. I mean, it's true. I think dog is definitely. I was thinking Boba Fett from Star Wars. Hmm. is a bounty hunter that may be one of the most famous um okay. do you remember the show renegade no there was a show renegade the bounty hunter which was pretty good i liked it he was like this weird old biker guy with like long hair and very pretty yeah it's kind of what i'd picture yeah renegade it was as. pretty good show i'm not gonna lie he had like a like a native american friend that was uh, cool too like he was a really good tracker which it, maybe is mildly offensive i don't know are all people who are of native american are they just assumed that they can like find people at all times? Like I'm just thinking shitty, of, like right? Yellowstone and like oh dude, Native Americans in there. Good. Like they're, quick, they're, quick, they're good. Quick snap back to last episode um, where we did the big game, which was a good oh, one. I liked it. Yeah, we Lots need a lot. Good... We need to go back to that episode twice. But I need to talk about my picks. Yes, we can talk about your picks. But I want to talk about the commercials. One of the commercials in there is a Yellowstone prequel that they're putting out that looks super dope. Very excited to find out about. Yellowstone might be one of my all-time favorite shows of all time, ever. Yes, I need to watch it. Very I've only seen that the first five episodes. Oh, it's so good. It gets better. Only gets better. Good. But let's go over Brandon's picks really quick from last week on the big game, which we all know is the Super Bowl, which I'm pretty sure now we can talk about and not get in trouble. Yeah, now that it's over, yeah, it's, it's like a Super year Bowl away, again like, until like January. The Super Bowl. 2022, it turns into the big game. Yeah, the Super Bowl police are probably not out looking for stuff right now no how were your picks brandon well i'll start with the ones that we bricked uh we bricked the tom brady and patrick mahomes first touchdowns which were 30 to 1 hail marys anyways but we bricked those because we hit the rob gronkowski first touchdown 14 to 1 and like i said bucks in the under bucks in the under simple as that i I thought i thought it was a great game the guy was super into it only, I, I'm a Tom just, Brady fan. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things where, like, the injuries to the offensive line of the Chiefs, which, like, the standard better and, like, the person that, like, doesn't understand football, like, won't realize, like, how huge that is. Yeah. And, like, when you're facing a really good Bucks defensive front, like, you putting up, putting up backups in the Super Bowl is just going to have Patrick Mahomes running for his life. And he was a running for his life. Negative EV. Yeah. A lot trying of sacks. To, trying to do magicianal, magician stuff. A lot. Magicianal. I like it. Magicianal stuff. But, you know, he came up a little short. And Tom Brady, number what? Seven? Number six? Seven. How many? Seven Super Bowls? Yeah. He's got seven Jeez. wins. Seven out of? Seven out of ten. Ten or eleven. That's pretty good. Has he pretty been eleven good. times? Or, no, it's ten times. Ten out of, like, 21 seasons or something crazy. Yeah, I saw this like TikTok that was like these are the guy, these are the true heroes, and it's like the all, the only quarterbacks to ever beat Brady in a, in in the playoffs. That's great, and it's like the worst court. Like it's like Eli Manning, he won what two Super Bowls well, against Brady. Let's look at how Tom Brady. If you want to argue that, and again, we'll we'll get to the real episode here about bounty tournaments in a second. I'm super excited we, about we, bounty we, tournaments in general. Me too. Um, but I want to I want to touch on Brady. Anybody who wants to give Brady the He's not the greatest of all time, like blah, blah, blah. Let's look at the last, the, the quarterbacks that he had to play against in this playoff city and the Super Bowl in itself. I mean, you, you had Drew Brees, 
I mean, yep. number two to Brady's number one in in terms of statistics. And actually, Drew Brees has got more number ones on like lifetime statistics than even Brady does. Then you go right. into freaking Aaron Rodgers in the AFC Championship or NFC Championship? Yep. NFC, NFC Championship. NFC Championship. And that's at Lambeau. No fans, <laughs> but I mean, still. You know. And then after that, he's got to face Mahomes in the Super Bowl, and he who's the baby goat, and he dominates all three of them. I don't know if dominates, and, and he actually but he played wins. the wild card game. He played the wild card game against that backup against Washington, and almost lost to yeah. that backup in Washington. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, the, the only guy that actually came close to beating Brady this was the backup, Hensky, or I forget his name because nobody knows his name. No, he knows. His but name. yeah, I mean, oh yeah, Breeze, Breeze Rogers, and it's Mahomes. Crazy. I mean, that's like murderers row. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is awesome. I mean, I think it just goes to show how good of a game it was. And I know there were a lot of penalties. A lot of Chiefs fans were like, penalties, 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 penalties. But like, I don't think the game was called that. They didn't have a shot. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I bet the farm on them. You know that. Not the farm. A very small farm. Like a worm farm. Yeah. A worm farm. Worm farm. (laughs) Anyways, episode 41. We're going to talk about bounty tournaments. Specifically about how the bounty affects your play throughout the tournament both for and against there's some good times where it affects it there's some bad times where it's effective and then how the bounties really become null and void towards the end of the tournament um and you're talking about getting payouts so let's kind of like kick it off i want to do one thing first can we get like i've got a pretty good definition of what a bounty tournament is but i want to throw a few questions at you so give me a second Oof. A bounty is a feature in some poker tournaments that rewards a player for eliminating another player. Um, Depending on the tournament, a player might be rewarded for eliminating either a specific player or any player. Obviously, most of the bounty tournaments that um, that we know about at in Chicago and in Houston are typically bounties on each and every person. There's no uh, like celebrity bounties. Although a lot of the times when you think about charity poker, you think about the celebrity bounties, right? Like you get the Mike Ditka who's playing at the, um, you know, yes, it's 500 bucks. If you knock out, you Mike, knock out Ditka, you get, you get that, bonus money. It's all the same. Right. Yeah. But, and there's no other bounties in anybody else. So I think there's kind of like, there's the regular bounty tournament where it's a same bounty on each player, no matter when you knock them out in the tournament, it's normally a pretty hefty bounty right like it can be yeah. it's a good portion of the prize pool is, is is in bounties which you should be aware of and we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute and then you got the celebrity bounty side where only a handful of the people in the tournament have a bounty on them remember we used to do one at ccg where it was like this is old school days if you guys remember this you are a true true fan of ccg if you remember the celebrity bounty at the start of the tournament where you would randomly pick a seat and a table and that person would be the the celebrity bounty they would be worth like two hundred dollars where everybody else is only worth like twenty five dollar bounties and that person got a free entry they got their money back for the entry because it was like obviously you have a huge target on your face when you are the celebrity bounty in a tournament where there's only one person who's worth 200 bucks. So like you should get something for that, um, which was always a f- super fun tournament. But is there a difference when you hear the terms like knockout or anything along those lines? Are those are just bounty tournaments or? Yeah, those are just bounty right. Knockout is not really it. like because some people call it a knockout tournament. You get paid for knockouts. Um, yeah, it's the same thing. Then there are some really weird ones where they get into like the progressive bounties, which I don't think anybody's really figured out how to do live only is are they uh, those are online tournaments. Yes. Yeah, it's really tough to do live. I have one way of trying to do it, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's basically pretty much impossible. 
Because you got to keep track of, you know, the bounties keep increasing on the people as you knock people out. You got to put half in your pocket and half on your bounty stack. Well, all of a sudden, twenty five dollars. I got to put twelve fifty on your stack, and then you got a round. And then you know, when it's virtual, tables, people, it's much easier to do. People might put stuff in their pockets, and you know, it's really tough to manage. What do you do if two guys get? Yeah, what do you, what do you do when two guys get knocked out within like seconds of one another? And there's yeah, it's very yeah, difficult. It's really messy. Automated. That's where the computer really has an advantage because they can just boop, boop, and they add it all up and take keep track of it. But, but bounty tournaments are always um, typically like like this weekend at CCG. Uh, there's a bounty tournament on Sunday, two hundred and fifty dollars buy-in, where fifty dollars of the two hundred and fifty is a bounty per player, which is a pretty dope bounty for knocking people out. Fifty yeah, I mean, bucks. That's what one fifth. Yeah, that's twenty percent of the prize. Exactly one fifth. Paramount does a weekly bounty tournament on. I want to say Friday nights. Friday night is a sixty dollars bounty. I think that's correct. That's another good nice. one. And they get a really good turnout for that. Bounties um, are just so fun because the mentality of just like simply like, well, all I got to do is knock a couple guys out and it's not even worth that much. And again, it, it moves the payouts to be effective kind of all the time versus yeah, it spreads it out a lot. Right. Where it's Only like at the end. you're paying, playing, 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 playing for so long, so long, so long, so long, so long. And then it's like, okay, that we're past that money bubble, which we've actually. What what was our money buddy bubble episode? That was another good one. It was oh, like the man, playing in the know. bubble. I'll find it. Yeah, Keep that was going. fun. That was that was in May. May uh, episode eleven, May fifteenth. Way to hit yeah. that one. Uh, well, how to exploit players in the money bubble? That is one of the most underrated uh, episodes that we have. I think there's a ton of good information on that yeah, one. Yeah, I feel like I actually studied for that one. Yeah, kind of like this bounty tournament. So give us a breakdown, Brandon. Um, let's kind of do like three stages of the tournament. Early stages, middle stages, late stages. How do the bounties affect people's play? Let's start in the logical sense, in the middle. At the beginning? <laughs> in, the, in the middle. <laughs> All right, so at the beginning. I, why am I a such a dick? Person. Do people think I, I, I'm funny? I'm really kind of. Know. Allison always says she, cause he's really kind of a jerk. He always yeah, says I some you were jerky funny stuff. In like 2012. Yeah. Brandon either says I'm really funny or I have really. Dice. Very polarizing. He's got a ten or a zero. Yeah, I don't like, do a lot no of five between. jokes. There's just tens yeah. or zips. Yeah. Anyways, um, start in the beginning. How do how so does how do they affect us in the beginning of tournaments? I mean, not so much in the beginning. Um, the only thing you really need, I mean, obviously the number one rule of a bounty tournament, and like this seems kind of common sense. A lot more because you Ooh, have you to broke cover up people. a little bit there. It's the first time we've had a breakup. Wow, really? I broke yeah. up. Yeah, I'm sorry. Super weird. Do you want your sweatshirt back or? Yes. Ooh, okay. ooh, ooh, ooh. 15 minutes in. If you were listening to this, today is Thursday, February 18th of 2021. I currently have the overlay sweatshirts uh, in my car today, which I will bring to the Bridgeview at the CCG Poker. I will have uh, overlay sweatshirts, which I think I'm selling for $10. It's just wow, a $10 a donation. Bargain. They cost me way more than that, but I do not care. I have a couple sweatshirts and a ton of T-shirts, um, and we're r- really just trying to uh, get branded get the, get a new microphone. Yeah. So yeah, definitely come by and see us for some overlay shirts. They're shirts, mostly shirts, 99% shirts. Anyways, go ahead. Early stages of the bounty tournament. Brandon. So early stages, the number one rule of a bounty is you have to cover people or you can't get their bounties. I mean, that's like the, the overall rule. So you have to knock really, them out. Yeah, you have to. But I'm saying you have to you have to cover them to knock them out. Right. So like covering people is very huge. When you don't cover anybody, your you bounties aren't really you aren't really playing a bounty tournament anymore. Right. You're really just playing a tournament, trying to cover people and then play a bounty tournament. So at the beginning, 
you know, kind of just plays out like a regular tournament. I mean, everyone, everybody has, what, 400, 500 big blinds deep. I mean, you're really not trying to put your whole tournament on the line early on for a bounty. Like that, the bounty doesn't really weigh into your decision too much. You're kind of just playing poker. And then you, you, you progress along and you'll go after, you know, somebody will lose that overset or somebody will lose well, a big Plus the stacks or, are much more similarly, they're comparable, well, right? Yeah, like, everybody's got 500 big blinds. Like correct. nobody... Nobody is short. Nobody can really attack anybody else because it's just, you know, they're just playing poker. You're, you got to get off to the races before you can see who's at. I don't know where I was going with that. But, you know, so the beginning just plays like a standard tournament. It's really after break that when the blinds start getting to 300, 600 with an Annie, 400, 800 with an Annie, that is where the bounty tournament really kicks into high gear. Because where the bounties have, start affecting the play. Correct. They're not, not really affecting a lot of play early on in a tournament because everybody's much more comparable. You, you're building up. You're, just, you're playing a regular tournament, even though the bounties right. are in the back of your mind. And there are times that people are going to say, F it, I call because there's a $50 bill in that pot. And even though I'm probably not getting the right odds, it's like there are some tipping of the scales. They're just yeah, not. I mean, they're just not as heavily tipped. Whereas yeah, that, the, in the, the middle of the, of the tournament, yeah, the tipping of the scales really start in the middle of the tournament. Yeah. Really, the only way you're going to win a bounty in the beginning of the tournament is if you cooler somebody really terribly, mm-hmm. or if somebody loses ninety percent of their chips and there's they one got cooled and you just get lucky enough where you're the big blind, small blind, and you're just getting their punt at the end. Correct, like one their, guy shoves right. on the button and you're the. But again, that's not really a fault. The bounty is not affecting your play. Right. Like you probably would have called in that situation anyways, 90% of the time. So like maybe a very small percentage time you go, "Eh, I really don't like this, but Hey, I'm going to try to get the bounty. And if I double them up, I double them up. Like that might happen. But I think that's a much smaller percentage of when you get to the middle of the tournament and bounties become much more valuable. Yes. Because now everybody is shrinking in their big blind relative to the uh, The blind. I mean, everybody's stacked. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, People start limping because they're hoping that, you know, there are people that are out of position on the guy that's that are short are not limping in with bad hands because they're hoping that they shove and then that it comes back to them and they, they don't want to miss out on a potential bounty. Whereas in the beginning of the tournament, you had nine, eight suited under the gun. You're not going to limp in hopes that that shorty shoves and then you can get a piece of that bounty. Like you're just going to fold because it doesn't matter. Well, now in the middle of the tournament, you might be limping some stuff when you're out of position on the bounty guy, hoping that. You know, he rips it on you guys, and then you have you have people that are isolating the bounties because they're just trying to get it heads up with the guy who's all in, and they might be doing that way lighter or with way different holdings than they normally would in a different tournament. The middle part of the tournament is when people actually get creative, when people are gambling it up for bounties, when people are just sticking it in with 60-40s, and even if they're the 40, they're okay with it because they're trying to win the $50. Right. And then there's also then the people that are gambling it up for bounties and then people realize that. So then they re-ISO because they re-ISO with King Queen where normally they just would have either called or folded depending on the situation. But because it's a bounty, this guy's probably calling light because the guy's all in. And now I'm just going to re-ISO with King Queen here and try and get that guy off whatever he's gambling with. So it really opens up to like the middle part of the tournament, just people going after each other. I mean, it's re- it's really the fun part of the tournament. If you have chips in the middle of a bounty tournament, it's where you either it's where like Stacia just does her work and will knock out seven to nine to eleven people. I also, You're just like, well, what yeah. just happened? And again, that's the logical reason. I also think the other reason that these happen or, or that the bounties really start to become like a, a 
a determining factor of people are going to call or how they play is because also you've been playing a tournament for a couple of hours now, and you're probably at least half the amount of t- whatever amount of time you've been in the tournament, you've got about the same amount of time to get into the money. So I think people are now starting thinking, hey, I want to get something for my efforts here. So I feel like that's part of where the bounty starts coming into play too, is because people are like, hey, I'm too far away to get to the money, but yet I can pick up some dollar dollar bills here and be happy about them. Right. I mean, it's like, right. that's part of the mentality take, too. They're going to take a marginal spot to try and bank some money get 50 bucks in my pocket bank. It's like bank money, right? Like it's any game show ever. It's like, man, right, if I have bank. the opportunity to bank some cash, bank it, put it in the bank. It, that's mine. I've won it. Now let's continue to go for the grand prize. And at some point that banking gets less and less uh, of a thing. Cause you have to get to the end game. So at what point in the tournament would you say that the bounties, they, it's kind of like this um, rise and fall, right? Like early on in the tournament, it's not that big a deal. Bounties are just kind of insignificant. Then you start hitting the peak of where bounties are really starting to affect the way people play. And that's kind of in the middle towards the late stages of the tournament, but pre-money bubble, right? Right. Or basically middle of the tournament to money bubbles when the bounty tournaments, the bounties themselves are really affecting the way people make their decisions in the tournament because that extra 50 or $100, if there's two players in the hand, you can knock out two guys in one swoop. I mean, that's like half of your buy-in in the 250. That's that's You're going to get way more marginal calls than you would in a normal spot where the guy's like, ah, I'm just going to let them fight it out because there's no benefit to knocking those players out. Right. You just want to sit on the sidelines and watch it on a normal tournament. But here, you need to get it on the action. And especially when you start to think about well, like a main cash is like, what in a two fifty bounty? A main cash is going to be about four hundred. Yeah, three eighty, three fifty would be on the small end. Fifty. Yeah. So I mean, really, when you start like looking at it comparatively to a min cash, when all of a sudden this hundred dollar bounty, this if you knock out two people, that's a third of a min cash. Like so, if you if you know the min cash might seem like far out because you're kind of short, but you have this opportunity. It's kind of like a, a little opportunity to like sneak in the money before you're actually in the money. Right. With a stack that you might not get into the money with, you need to gamble anyway. So you might as well gamble and try and make an extra hundred, as opposed to being the short stack and making nothing if you double up. So people are going to just take all those spots. So yeah, when you really get, I mean, if if you're paying top ten and you get down to you know eighteen, fifteen, fourteen, that area, now all of a sudden it's like you're not you're not nobody's chasing the bounties anymore. The bounties kind of go back to the beginning where it's like, well. I'm going to take bonus. this spot anyways. It's right. a bonus. It's a bonus. Right. And then when you actually, I'm just fast forwarding here kind of quick because I know we've been on this episode for a long time already. We haven't even talked about bounties yet. But once you get down to the final table, really, you know, if you're in the money, the bounties are basically I irrelevant. would say 80% of the time they end up making a deal where they just stop with the bounties and the final table is like, all right, we're just going to keep whatever bounties we have and bounties are just no longer a thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, they it don't makes care about sense. It. They you, don't care. Right. You're playing for a matter, first place prize. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about the fifty dollar bounty. I mean, first place is you know two grand, and I'm just right. making an, uh, an arbitrary number here. But like, if but you're really, it's probably like twenty five hundred. And if you think about it, if you knock out everybody at the final table, you get four hundred bucks because you knock out eight players. I mean, the four hundred dollars for knocking out everybody is really and the difference between the first and ninth in the tournament is way more than four hundred dollars. So it's right, like it's a min again, cash of three fifty or a right. win of twenty five hundred. Right. You're basically getting an extra min cash. So really the bounties once you get down to that final table and everybody's in the money, again, they really don't affect the play at all. 
I would say 0% of the time they're going to make a decision based on that $50 bounty once you get into the money, right? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's going to take like the rare scenario where like the chip leader has a marginal hand that he might fold and that extra with for six big blinds or eight big blinds where that, that bounty might put him over the top and gamble. I mean, that, that, like literally that's the only time where it might matter where the guy's just like, ah, I'm on the fence and the 50 bucks, you know, might make a difference. Plus I get a pay jump. So, you know, but really 95% of the time bounties are, they're done. So by the time you get there, by the time you get deep, which is why, and I know we can't do this, which is why the progressive bounties are awesome because the bounties are relevant from the middle well, part of the it, tournament. Yeah. It takes all that part the way of it through. Off. Right. Because now they all of get a sudden more everybody's more. bodies are $600, $800, $1,000 because the dude's knocked out 15 people along right. the way. Now all of a sudden the the ladder up doesn't really matter and the bounties kind of are the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. So, but one one day we'll figure out a system to get that live. Should be fun. But um, another thing in terms of bounties, we kind of did on the attack side of getting the bounties. Let's look at it the other side if you are being hunted by the bounty hunters and you are the short stack just like a little bit of strategy is that you need to realize that especially if it's in the middle part of the tournament these guys are calling off lighter right we just talked about for eight minutes about how people are gambling and off their iso in they're doing stuff they normally wouldn't do so that means if you are the one that is short you can shove looser than you normally would because you're going to get called looser so your normal ranges of a normal tournament kind of go out the window a little bit i'll give you an example if you're on the button with nine big blinds you got ace deuce offsuit i mean that's kind of borderline right i mean you're like yeah i got nine bigs i have an ace but like i'm not in good shape against anything especially something that's calling me i'm probably behind in it's probably going to be a pocket pair or a better ace you know you're you're really just hoping to steal the blinds you got ace nine off or i mean sorry you got ace deuce offsuit in a bounty tournament with nine big blinds you're fist pumping all in because you know that all these all anybody that limped or anybody that's in the blinds is going to call you with any two picture cards, rundown cards, especially if they have chips. I mean, you're getting called by Jack 10. You're getting called by Queen Jack, King Queen, Queen 10. All of these Broadway combinations you're getting called by that you're ahead of now in a bounty tournament that you normally would not get. You look down at Queen Jack offsuit in the small blind. You're like, well, this guy's all in. I'm out of here. What can I be? But now they're gambling it up for your bounty. So you can now open up your range of what you can shove because you're going to get called later. So... Therefore, you can shove lighter. Well, you I gotta, feel like people don't do that. I think that the kind of the, the moral to the story is the same idea, right? You, you have to work it both ways. You got to be aware that you need to loosen up a little bit when you're making calls because of the fact that there is a reason to call for those bounties. I mean, that you can do that. And the same side, you got to be aware of the fact that people are going to be making looser calls. So you have to change your range to effectively make that, right? I mean, that's the whole principle of this. Right. You, re, you adjust to the people that adjust. Adjusting to the adjusting. Yes. Of the adjustment. When somebody adjusts, you adjust the same way. Right. On the fly. Right. right. And then there's going to be a point in the tournament where you're looking around and you're like, okay, well, now my $50 bounty doesn't mean so much because there's a $250 pay jump. So I can't just rip Ace Nine anymore. Right. Like I'm back to ripping Ace. I'm sorry, Ace Deuce. I'm back to ripping Ace Ten right. or Because Ace the Jack. difference between ninth place money and eighth place money is worth more than that $50 bounty. So you need to, you just need to be consciously aware of like when that shift happens because you'll feel it, you know. Yeah. All of a sudden, the guy that's been going after all these bounties is just mucking for two orbits in a row, and you're like, all right, well, I guess, guess the party's over. The bounties are gone. Yeah. Right. All the 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 pool has dried up in the bounty area. 
So bounties are fun. Bounties are fun. And I mean, let me tell you, just playing that are the CCG black chip bounty, the 300 bounty. Ooh, that's a good with, one. It is because you, you knock out a guy or two early and you're just like, you're on cruise control. You feel like you're free rolling or you yeah, you're feel like the idea, tournament. right. You're getting such a discount on it. And I think that's what's so, um, and I think to the average player, you know, not the grinders out there that play all the time and they're worried about the rake and the structure and how things go. Like for the average Joe or Jane <laughs> that just is coming out to play in a tournament because they want to enjoy it and they want to just feel like they're having a good time. Bounty tournaments are super fun because there's less pressure to get to the end of the tournament to make any money. Like in all honesty, if you told me, hey, it's a $300 tournament, $100 bounties, and I knock one guy out, I'm like, man, I felt like I won money. I won a hundred bucks. Like, I don't feel it's like I, the net effect of I really, well, I'm in for 300. Like I still lost money on the tournament. It's like between the, the 300 is already gone. And now I got and the back entertainment, right? Like it's just, it's a way to get the average players to get money out of the tournament where they don't have to make, there's less pressure, right? Like right. There's less Plus, pressure to be one of the top 10 to 12% of the tournament, which let's be honest, I'm probably not in the top 10% of no limit hold'em tournaments unless basically ever ever yeah, yeah. it's okay I'm, I'm aware of that but bounty so tournaments if, on the other hand oof. if you think of a normal tournament and you like put an assigned like in a spreadsheet like this player it's either minus 250 it's you know everybody would be like minus 250 minus 250 minus 250 minus 250 minus 250 until you got into the money and all of a sudden it's plus 250 plus 400 plus 800 like if you just signed a value over their head of their net well, in a bounty tournament, it's all over the place. You got, yeah, you got guys that knocked out minus 250, minus 250. Then you got guys that are minus 200, guys that are minus 150, guys that are right. minus 100, guys that are even. Like it, it spreads out that money. So there's a, all of a sudden, it's not just like, it's not binary. It's not just like zero or one. It's not, you know, I lost 250 or I got into the money. There's all these other combinations of just, you know, you got guys that come up to the bank and they just, you know, they, they, they throw you four green chips for their bounty and then, you know, he only lost 150 on the tournament. And it's and just you nice feel to better know about that. it, right? Like yeah, you, you feel really like do. you're getting a rebate on your play. And I think that's what's the most fun. There's less pressure on the players to make it into the money. Like it's a way to get money spread out across the room. And if anybody knows the poker economy in general, like that's what you kind of need to do is spread the money around. If it gets too one-sided, then the games all break. And that's what people don't understand. Like, it's great to have a, you know, you know, you got to have different types of poker personalities at the tables. Otherwise the games don't fire. And that's just, this is a way to kind of, for the house to kind of spread that out and and make it more of a, a dream for the players to be like, I don't have to make it to the end. I can get money earlier and be happy with it. And many people are. I think it's great. I and think I can't bounty tell you how many are super times, fun. I can't tell you how many times I've worked the bank and, you know, Margaret or somebody comes up or, you know, uh, you know, Lionel or something, they they come up to the bank and they, they give me two fifty or three hundred and in green chips. And I'm like, oh you got knocked out. They're like, yeah, I made fifty bucks. Yeah, I broke even though. Super yeah, happy. good. Right, and like you, you don't really get the guys to. There's really is no breaking even in tournament poker Correct. in a single, you know. So it's nice to like see that for these guys, and they're happy about it too. Yeah. Or uh, here's one fifty. I only lost a hundred. Yeah, nice little rebate. Long day of work for a hundred. For right. minus hundred. It makes you, know? you feel better about the losers. And anytime you can feel better about a loser, is probably <laughs> that's a the good right. Thing. That's the right format. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Because I've been feeling good about losers for five years. What are some of the most back. famous bounty tournaments? Can you think of any? I'm thinking of one in particular, and this might be pre-Brandon days, but like California, 
kind of like the original bounty tournament. They called it something very specific. Uh, Shooting Star? Yeah, Bay 101, Shooting Star. That was yeah, like something I'm, that was I'm on around. TV all the time. Does the WSOP do bounty tournaments now? So remember they did it. They did that. They did that mystery bounty tournament last year. Oh, that, that last can we year, talk I mean, about that just in general? Sure, that's a dope ass idea. It really is. It's like people get assigned. You get assigned bounties on your head, but, pe- but nobody know knows what they, what they are until and they're you all knock different. Out that player. So it's kind of a way to do a progressive bounty. Or like a lottery it's like scratch a off. Bounty. Yeah, it's like a scratch off. Yeah, it's like you knock a player out and you get like a scratch off ticket and you don't know what it's going to be for. And like, wasn't what was the high? What was the denominations? Like the lowest like, bounty versus the highest bounty. I, I really, I would just be making it up, but I want to say it was like five hundred. It was like a fifteen hundred dollar buy in or five k buy in. I think it was maybe a five k buy in, and it was like five hundred dollar bounties was small, and then there was either like. It's either a 100K bounty or a 250K bounty. All right. Well, I'm looking at it, so I know what it is. Oh, okay. Um, I just Googled it. Well, I just I just made that up, so we'll see how You were far pretty close. Back. 2020 okay. World Series of Poker Mystery Bounty Event. Now, did this actually happen since we didn't do the 2020 event, or did this nope, happen? Nope, didn't happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sunday, June 28th. <sighs> COVID takes over the bounty. COVID was the big winner of this bounty tournament. Anyways. Right. COVID <laughs> got all the bounties. That's bad, but. All right. $1 million in mystery bounties up for grabs with one bounty worth 250 k It was a $1,500 buy-in. Yep. That is fucking gross. And what I was apologize for dropping a huge F-bomb there, but that is bananas. That's crazy. So now I think, what a I, cool think ass. I don't know if it was a scratch-off. I think like each... Right, was so it each, a scratch off or yeah, each like no, seat was assigned? You up. got a number. I think it it was. I was using scratch off as like a thing. I think the way it worked is you got a number. So like you get, I don't know how they would like each each player has a unique number. And when correct. that player gets knocked, you out, would the go other to the bank and be like, "All right, number. yeah, I knocked out player eighty five, and they're like, "Okay, eighty five. And the way that the turn the the pay, uh, the payouts worked is each bounty amount. There were was everybody a bounty. There will be 100 mystery bounties. Each will be worth at least 2,500. Could be worth as much as 250,000. Um, all the other standard bounties would be worth a hundred bucks. So a regular bounty bust out is at least worth a hundred dollars. And then there were a hundred that were the mystery bounties. They were like one through a hundred. I don't know which ones were which. Obviously, they're all assigned random ones. But it went from 80 people of the hundred were worth 2,500. Then there were 10. 10K bounties, six 25K bounties, three 100K bounties, and then obviously the the nut nut was the guy who got knocked out for 250K, which is crazy. crazy. It is, because now you're just like, you're making decisions like, and people are making it on a limb that this guy's, ah, I can so knock this, this out. He could this be the one guy happen. that's worth 250. Right. It this didn't tournament happen. didn't happen because... uh Obviously, the WSOP did not happen, but I think this so is... So we're going to do one at CCG before the WSOP 2021. I think so that's 100%. We'll be, so when we'll be the first it, uh, people yes, to do it. 100%. But I want to talk about this for a second, <laughs> uh, and I think it's a great way to wrap up the show because this is probably a really cool way of doing a, bount- like a new bounty tournament that I think is really awesome, and it's just this randomness where a guy could get knocked out first in the tournament and win freaking way more... Uh, 
more than first place money and be the first guy to get busted if he happens to be the you know what I mean like if that happens in any well he couldn't be far. the first okay, guy to get second busted. guy to get busted there you go he can get the second thanks guy Brandon because um, yep. you'd have to actually bust a player so you can bust the first guy in the tournament and then be the second guy busted out and win two hundred fifty thousand dollars on your fifteen hundred dollar buy in which is amazing but let's talk about this I don't know how many people they were expecting but if I mean two hundred fifty k in a fifteen hundred dollar tournament. I mean, depending on the number of players you got, that's got to be close to first place money, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, do how they much know that? the bounties going into the? Let's say you're at the final table. Even better, you're six players into the final table, and somehow they've realized that 250 person or a hundred k bounty because those are still huge numbers. I mean, if you're talking about, I mean, what's that going to get? Like, how many people play in a fifteen hundred dollar tournament? Like, I mean, if seven thousand playing in the main event, like, I mean, is it like? Two two thousand, three thousand. That's like yeah, probably third between two and four thousand, depending on let's say like a two, normal fifteen hundred. Three thousand, and how much do they keep out of the fifteen hundred? Like, yeah, just say a hundred and fifty for good measure. Let's say it's thirteen fifty. We're just making some argumentative. No, it's four and a half million, and what do they get? Probably third to first place. I guess it's still a million dollars to first. No, it, it, yeah, it'll probably be like twenty percent to first with that many people in it. All right. So even even divide that in half, you're still at six hundred thousand for first place. Like. I get at that point the 250 is not as bad. But again, let's say that that randomness was out there. So we just talked about how in a regular bounty tournament where each player is only worth $100, obviously I am not going to make a decision at a final table of the WSOP tournament where each player is worth a $100 bounty when first place is $600,000, a million dollars, a hundred thousand. It doesn't even matter. $10,000. If I'm playing for last place money, I don't care about that $100. Now flip it. Now let's say we know there's at least one of those massive bounties left and you got a one in six chance that somebody you knock out of the tournament is worth a hundred K like that's a huge difference. And it really now takes the bounty aspect of the tournament and drags it all the way right to the final table where somebody's worth $250,000 bounty, one random person, like it's going to affect the way people call and raise and fold because it's what a third of first place money. Agree. Yeah. Half it's, of first it's place huge. money. It's huge, it's, but I think the only awesome. way you know that if it was like you had inside information. Well, I, I wonder if they know. That. Like, do you go to the, no the way. like a kiosk and be like, "I'm number eighty five. You, and it spits out a hundred dollar bill at you, or a pay ticket for twenty five hundred, or a pay ticket for ten k. Like, do you think they have any a running total, or do you think they wait all the way to the end? Because it really will affect the way the final p- table plays if one of those massive bounties, one of those four big bounties, the six figure bounties, like. That's going to make a difference in how people play the final table. I'm assuming that they would definitely not. Reveal. Do you have to wait until afterwards to see what Probably it is? What a sicko prop bet. Like I'd be out there trying to like, I got nine oh, bodies. Who wants to buy them? Like, yes. Yes. That's going to happen. Like you're going to get people like I'm selling my bounty seats for $500 a piece. Like I would buy one. I would a hundred percent buy one. <laughs> if I thought I had a, a, a some kind of chance Oh, right, that's so funny, so sick. The underground sickos of poker are going to profit off of this black market of bounty tickets. If they, either way, they're screwed. If they if they let people find out early that it's going to affect the actual players in the tournament, because again, one of those big fat bounties is out there. It's going to affect the way people play, which is cool as shit. I think it's a cool factor. It makes the bounties more valuable. I mean, it makes it where it's like a real tournament versus like. You know, just 
it's just a regular tournament. Like it gives it something different. But I also think it's super cool on the flip side. If they wait until after the tournament to figure out what's going to happen, it creates an entire underground market of these bounties. Like it's cool as shit. And then like, I I love it. I think it's an awesome idea. Whoever came up with this idea, bravo. They need a raise. They need a raise. Yeah. WSOP, give the the man or the woman who came up with this or ungenderified, whatever we're talking about now, <laughs> like who whomever, they, they, they need a freaking raise is what they need. Because this is an awesome tournament idea, and I'm so sad it didn't get to happen. We're definitely going to steal this idea. Oh, absolutely. The only, the only issue is we have to, there has to be a guarantee on it. Because you know they have to have the amount of bounties out in the first place, but we well we can make it. It'll be you know, cool as shit. I mean, it's going to be great. Two hundred fifty thousand. Who knows? This is a great marketing scam, but not scam, but scheme. It's very. I'm cool. ready. Very 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 cool. Remaining funds go to the regular prize pool, paid out based on finish and pay out the the standard fifteen percent of the field size. So basically, they're taking that out of the prize pool. So it yeah, is out of the prize right. Pool. So it's whatever so re- what's the remainder amount of money. I mean, we were saying at three thousand players at about thirteen fifty, which again, these are guessing numbers. That's a four million dollar prize pool. They're going to take out the million dollars in bounties, right? So so that's a, that's a quarter bounty. of the prize yeah. pool, and then they're going to also take out the regular hundred dollar bounties, which is what ten percent of the prize pool, a little less, eight percent. So. It does come out. I mean, they're taking out a big chunk of the prize pool, but I think this is a very, very, very cool idea for a tournament. I think it's neat. Yep. I, I like bounties in general. It's a way to spread the money out, and I never find that to be to be an issue. I think it's a good thing for poker. Too often, poker is is really kind of uh, segregated towards the good players, and as a bad player, I I like it when uh, I have a chance to win money without actually to, or, or, doing or like anything. a lottery ticket. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I just I'm there for a lottery tickets. <clears throat> so in in ten seconds, my idea for a progressive bounty is oh, nice. that everybody and for a live tournament is every time you knock a player out, the bounty just goes onto your chip stack and it just stays there until you guys make it in the money. Then you keep the bounties. Ooh, so it's like each bounty is like a five dollar chip, and then they just kind of keep getting colored up, and then that way a guy who's got. $200 in bounties, you could knock out and keep his whole $200 in bounties or whatever. Well, you don't get to keep it. You have to, you have well, to make yeah, it you're right. the money. You're right. It would just go onto your stack. That would make a stack. huge difference because, again, that's really going to affect the way people play. And then once you get through the money bubble, that's like, all right, you, now you just bank all you, your bounty chips that you won and go off from yeah, there. Yeah, because if there's 50 people in the tournament and the money bubble is top six and you're at seven, that means there's 43. All 50 bounties are still on the table. You know what I mean? Because no, nothing's gotten taken off the table. Whereas the bounties later in tournaments, they go into people's pockets. Well, this, right. all the bounties are still in everybody's stack until you get in the money. Then it goes from all the bounties on the stack to none of the bounties on the stack. So it's a way, you know, I mean, you could have no bounties and Stacia could have 15 bounties and she could have made $50 bounties. That's 750 bucks. And then you knock her out with eight people left and you get all her bounties. Yep. Yep. Seems fun. Which is great. We should try it. I think it's a, a wonderful idea. Well, thank you for listening to episode 41. 41 episodes, Brandon. That's kind of crazy. 41 episodes of The Overlay. Um, almost 7,000 downloads. It's, it's crazy how how many people have um, you know supported us. And, and, and even it was funny, a guy at the event um, 
uh, the, on Saturday at Warrenville was like, oh, I know that voice. You you do the the podcast. He's like, I love the podcast. And normally, I only get that for the vlog. You're like, hey, you're that goof with the hair that does the videos. Um, so it's kind of neat to get that, um, you know, that people are noticing us for the actual podcast, which is dope as shit. So thank you for listening. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at The Overlay Pod. We are avoiding Facebook and Instagram because I really don't want to have to do more Facebook and Instagram stuff. I already spend so much time on it. I, I really don't want to do any more. So I'm not going to. <laughs> Sorry. It's valid everybody. reasons. Follow us on Paramount or CCG's page. You can see all the cool stuff Ken does there. Um, other than that, thank you for listening. Hit that subscribe button. You have no idea how great it is if you leave us a review. Um, so if you're a regular listener or you come to CCG all the time, or even if it's the first time you've listened to us, just go ahead and hit that. Even if you just punch the five-star review, it literally takes one second. It's like review, five stars, done. We'd prefer if you're going to leave like a one-star review to just go somewhere else and do it. But you know, oh, yeah. practice first yeah, practice, hit that five yeah. star but if you actually write a review like that's how we get no you know nods up and we start getting listed with like the big poker podcast if we start getting more reviews apple will like bump us up with other famous podcasts and uh you know that's only going to grow our listening audience which will mean more mystery bounty players for the next mystery bounty tournament at the csop or hsop or wsop whatever the sop may be did you like that one i did that's pretty good all right well thank you for listening everybody hopefully we see it this weekend at bridgeview or lombard not quite sure paramount will be open being that houston is basically under snow and winter warnings but hopefully they're back to business as usual soon other than that thanks for listening brandon lead us out farewell everyone see everybody bye